Hello everyone, welcome to Real Rewind. Did it that time. Uh, where you're joined by, not the host, but I guess the host for today, me, Alex, and George. Hello, how's it going? And Tally yeah. again. Backed by popular demand. Woo! Yeah. When, when you are a third of our audience, you do get to literally be popular demanded by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you should see the Instagram messages your number one fan's going to send you. Just to yeah. congratulate the addition uh, yeah. of Tally. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this week... Unfortunately, before... I will say, just at the top, should we just say that unfortunately Callum can't join us, which is why you listen to us. Oh, yeah, again. Just to say. He's still fine. In case people are listening, being like, what's going on? Just Callum's busy, so he hasn't been yeah. able to join us this week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this week we have uh, George's pick, I believe. That's which right, was... it was my turn. Return to Oz. Yeah, uh, Return to Oz, which is a 1985, like, uh, dark fancy, uh, written by... Oh, I'll wait for Tally to finish. Oh, sorry, Tally, you make some noise so whenever you're done. Is that your own done? This is why we don't have you on as a guest often, Tally. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a 1985 dark fancy, uh, written by Walter Murch and... Gil Dennis and directed by Merch. I think it's the only film he's ever directed. Oh, really? Um, yeah, and it's kind of like a unofficial sequel to the 1939 Wizard of Oz, but it's also based off of two of the sequel books, The Marvelous Land of Oz and Ozma of Oz. Um, and it basically uh, is the story of Dorothy returning to Land of Oz uh, to kind of discover that it's been overthrown by the Gnome King. Um, so she sort of assembles a new band of friends and helpers uh, to to venture with her and defeat the Gnome King and restore Oz. Um, yeah. But I am genuinely interested to see what you guys think of this because um, I think it's kind of a an interesting film to discuss. Mm. So I uh, I quite liked it. It was pretty good. Dorothy's uh um. What's the opposite of growing up? She's grown down quite significantly since the first one. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I quite liked it. I think we're, the characters in it are pretty good. Dorothy, like the... I don't know what her name is, but the actress who plays Dorothy, I think is pretty well. Feruza Bulk, I think is her yeah. name? Yeah, like, I think she does pretty well for someone of that age to be playing like the lead in a film. Um, yeah, I like... Uh, I. Quite like the, the the wheelers. I thought they're mm. pretty cool, and they're like a good mix of like funny and entertaining. With also like when there are that many of them, they are kind of threatening. But yeah, I I quite liked it. Tally, what did you think? Uh, I also enjoyed it actually. Um, I think generally I quite like fantasy, just like as a genre, and I'm not too picky about the production cost or arguably the acting but I think in both situations this actually kind of comes up higher than I was expecting it to be um there was like a lot of things that I laughed at that probably wasn't meant to be laughed at I mean the the amount of ankle twirls that the Goblin King did I I thought was an interesting choice but I, I mean I'm not mad about it uh and again like Alex the wheelers like that is just like a f athletic feat. Like I don't know how they can physically do that. 
they have like wheels on their hands like yeah oh, yeah like gymnasts incredible and i will say i think that is one of the like most because i agree i really like this film um i think that there are issues with it and i mm. think most of those issues unfortunately are more due to like the reputation of other oz works um because it, it like comparing it to the 1939 one it feels very different and then like there are parts and it's like kind of it takes way more inspiration from the book and is like faithful to that but then if you're more accustomed to the film then those aspects aren't necessarily as good but i do think that like the production of it like all of the like puppeteering and animatronics and like the the claymation effect of like the gnome king and all of the the mm. rock creatures is genuinely really good yeah like that was what i was going to say is the cgi for well the effects they used for like the gnome king was surprisingly good for a film of this age mm. like i was kind of disappointed when he starts coming more to life and it was just a dude covered in like gray paint i'm like can you go back to the like animated kind of face in the rock type it was cool seeing him come to life, but it got to a point where he went from like a face in the wall to a 3D model to just a dude kind of painted to look like a rock. And I was like, ah, can we go True. back? But I, I think that I, to a degree, I agree. But also I do think his like makeup effect is really good. And mm. also I love how he is like the most camp, like over the top, chewing the scenery acting and like tally said i my favorite thing to imagine in this film is that nobody <laughs> has the same size feet as that 11 year old girl <laughs> when he like lifts it up and he's got this oh yeah like, that's brilliant like he, he's such i i agree that like i really love the effects of known king but at the same time i, I think that he does a great performance as this like mm. way over the top like menacing character and that sort of thing but yeah yeah what did you guys think of because this film has sort of been it wasn't successful when it was released. I think a lot of criticism was aimed at it being a bit too dark. And people who I haven't seen, I didn't see this as a kid, so I didn't have like that connection to it. But people have talked about the wheelers in particular being like nightmarish as a kid. But how do you guys feel about that like darker tone, especially in comparison to the other Wizard of Oz films? Like, yeah, because uh, talk at the same time. I I have the thing of to be fair. I think I've I've seen the Wizard of Oz at some point, like the original film, but it was when I was quite a little kid, and I don't particularly remember it. I've seen, like, you know, like, um, pantomime-esque stage shows of it, so I don't really remember a huge amount of the original film, so I haven't really got that connect. I can't remember if that was creepy in any way at all as a kid. This, I, I mean, watching it now as a, you know, 22-year-old, don't find it particularly creepy, but interestingly, my brother came in as I was watching it, and it was the bit where they're, you know, flying away on the moose bed. Um, mm -hmm. And Caesar, he was... come on. Yeah. And he was oh, like... Gump. That's kind of creepy. I'd have found that scary if I was a kid. And I was like, oh, okay, interesting. Because I hadn't really thought my mind. But I guess it is a severed head attached to a bed that's flying and complaining that he just kind of just wants to be a head. Mm. Um, but I can see that it can be a bit dark. Like, I would say that Probably the scarier bit in this film is before she goes to Oz, when she's, like, strapped to the table and they're about to do what I'm assuming is electroshock therapy to her. Yeah, I assume so. Yeah, is maybe as an adult and having the knowledge if that's what they're planning on doing to her, whereas maybe when you're a kid you wouldn't necessarily get that. 
But I would say that's the scarier bit is when they're like, we'll just strap this little girl to a table and stick some like whatever the things are, these electric pads to your head. That's what I find mm. creepy. But... Well, the other thing that I think people like talked about is, especially in comparison to the Scarecrow and the Tin Woodman and the Cowardly Lion, the, the sidekicks in this are kind of way more creepy. And, like, I would agree. I do think that, like, to a degree, Jack Pumpkinhead is kind of scary looking and the gump, like Alex said, yeah, is also really weird. I love TikTok. I think TikTok might be the best part of this I movie. I knew you would, uh. and I concur. I also love TikTok. Like, he's so amazing. But, like, even them, I think that, like, there is a kind of creepiness to them. But I don't think it's that distracting. I mean, admittedly, I'm not watching it as a kid. But... Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't say... I don't think as a kid I'd have found TikTok frightening. Like, his moustache moves as he talks. Like, that's not frightening. Well, I think... I think that's more aimed at Jack Pumpkinhead and the yeah, Gump. Yeah, yeah. Like... Jack Pumpkinhead, probably, because he is, like, almost weirdly Slendermanish with a massive pumpkin on his head. And, the, mm. you know, the moose is a severed head. It's a severed head. Like, so, probably. I mean, my brother making that comment of being like, that's kind of creepy. It's like, oh, okay, so maybe then. But, yeah. Well... The com- kind of comparison I thought of was like the child catcher from uh Bang Bang, where like that was like a creepy character, and I remember as a child being creeped out by it, but mm. it didn't like affect the way that I watched the rest of the film. I was like, oh, that's a that's that's the villain, that's creepy. So that's how I felt with like the Wheelers. But yeah. I suppose as an adult, the only thing I disliked about Pumpkinhead was the fact he kept calling her mum, which I yeah. did. Yeah. Didn't, yeah, wasn't a fan of. But, uh... I don't know why they put... But she agreed, that's what I didn't get. Just say no, say no, my name's Dorothy. Don't go, yeah, of course you can call me mum. Well, that's my favourite thing, is Dorothy, so, like, there's a bit where his head falls off or whatever, and then because of that, they let go and, like, the gub falls apart, they all start falling. And then he's, like, yelling, like, I'm really sorry. She's like, nothing can be done now. And she, like, falls to her death. She said, like, just blase about, like, well, what are you going to do about it? We're just going to die. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, also it's but... a surprisingly violent place, really. For this magical world, they're like, here's the sand of death. You step well, on again, the sand and you die. It's really odd of, I think, that the, the original Wizard of Oz, in quotation marks, because it's not the original, but the 39 one really kind of glosses over a lot of what's in the book. Mm. And this is... Billing this as a sequel to that film, I think, does it a disservice because it's way more of just a sequel to the book. And there's moments where, like in the book, Flying Home, her slippers fall off in the desert. Whereas in the 1939 one, which this is like an unofficial sequel to, I say in quotation marks, yeah. uh, that doesn't happen. So when in this film she's like, oh yeah, my slippers fell off, you don't really get that connection. Yeah. And I think that like, because in the original Wizard of Oz book, like the tin woodsman kills a bunch of people and there's a bit where the scarecrow breaks a bunch of birds necks and stuff like Damn. it's one of those kind of kids books that has like dark elements to it and i think that walter merch kind of embraced that but because it's kind of billed as a sequel to a film that doesn't embrace it it seems out of place i guess yeah that's probably where I'd, I'd say if you it depends what you're judging this film on. Because if you are judging it as a sequel to that film, then maybe you won't like it. If you're just watching Ooh. it as a 
vague sequel as a, as a vague, like, oh, this is a sequel to that film or, like, that stage show that I saw when I was a kid, then I'm not too bothered by it because I can't remember exactly what happens to his shoes in that. Yeah, no, I, mean, I just more mean, like, it's kind of weird of... I feel like this film... I feel like when they made this film or when they were marketing this film or whatever, they were like, oh, we'll build off the beloved reputation of the original. Yeah. But I think in doing so, they've done it a disservice. I wonder if it would have been better to just be like, this is just based off the second and third Oz books and is like not a sequel to that. It's a sequel to the book that was in the world. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's weird, actually. What did you guys... Oh. I was just, well, the, talk, just because of the creepy parts. I'd like, say, actually, the least creepy part is the Gnome King. The big bad guy is probably the least scary part in the whole film. Just this dude painted as a rock, like, ooh, look, I've got red slippers on. Yeah. Again, it's very, like, kid's story villain where he's like, let's play a game. And then, yeah. like, it's also, kind of not menacing at all. When, they're, like, the gump goes in, they're like, let's have refreshments. Like, yeah. Yeah. Also, it's a really easy game. They make it sound like it's going to be impossible, and when she first goes in, it's impossible, and then you see how she solves it, and you're like, you mean the really obvious answer is the the right one? Like, okay. Well, I, well, I have issues with that game. <laughs> yeah. Because A, the solution is like, oh, it's green stuff, but then when she first walks in, there's a. I was like, oh, knowing the answer is green stuff, then, like, watching it for a second or third time, whatever, I was like, oh, I'm assuming it's going to walk in and you're going to be like, oh, actually, there's nothing green apart from the ones he picked. But there's a ton of green stuff that she just doesn't pick that I'm just like, well, that's green. Did you ignore that entirely? So I don't really understand that. And also, mm. it really annoys me how TikTok, who is by far the best character, comes up with that plan of, I'll fail, and you could see what I get turned into. And then you'll know the answer. And I was like, oh, that's great. And it's kind of like a, you know, sacrifice bit. Yeah. Later, when they escape, they have a thing of like, we forgot TikTok. And I feel like that would have been better if the sacrifice had meant something. But he's like, I'll do this. And then you could like see what I turn into. She's like, that's a great plan. Then he touches it. Then she doesn't see what he turns into. Yeah. There's an entire waste of time. Yeah. And then, and then, when, just and then when you do see yeah. what he turns into, it's not a green thing. I think it is slightly green. It's a green medal. Is it green yeah. medal? Oh, yeah, yeah, but so, it's. You go to that. I know. I was going to say my issue was mostly with the fact that Scarecrow was an emerald. Like, if he was just a green object, that'd be fine. But firstly, they shouldn't have elected him as king anyway. He's the smartest and, than us. Yeah, I know, but like, I don't know. It's, he, he's he. I found Scarecrow creepier than the Jack Pumpkin at the mask. Yeah, and but like it need ah oh, just it's just a giant emerald. I was not even a paperweight, just mm -hmm. lump of rock. It is that that is the thing of it. It's like almost reminds me of uh, you know in um, Indiana Jones when they're trying to find the oh, what's it called cup? Yeah, the cup. And they're like, oh, is it the super super shiny one that they all try first? And they're like, oh, this one that looks all fancy. Maybe it's this one. And it's like, it's like if in that film they went, oh, well, you found it, you were right, it is the big fancy cup, well, congrats, I guess. But somehow, Dorothy is the the last one to go in and the first one to think that maybe the really big, obvious, green, shiny emerald might be the solution. Well, there's a lot of stuff in that room. True. And the Gump wants to die, so the Gump probably threw his yeah. lives away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Gump touched the same thing three times. Yeah, like... 
Yeah. It's more just in that moment, they set up like, oh, TikTok's going to do this like sacrifice so that Dorothy can win. And I understand that like if he just does that and she's like, right, I know what it is now and picks it, then that's not like quite as tense. Mm. Like it's not her running out of three lives and kind of like making this like random last attempt where there's kind of an element of like, oh, I don't think it's that, I don't think it's that, that sort of thing. But at the same time, it's like, oh, this sacrifice, which means nothing. And then later when they're like, we forgot Tic Tac, Tic Tac, if he would have sacrificed himself for a reason and then they're like, we forgot Tic Tac, oh no. Uh, we forgot our minty fresh Tic Tac, no. Like, but yeah, I agree that the Scarecrow looks creepy. Yeah. But again, I think that the Scarecrow and the Tin Man who turns up for like hardly any time in the Cadillac are all more based off of the book. Yeah. Because the I've lines watched... are like an actual line, right? In the Wizard of Oz, it's just a dude in a line outfit, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I, I also like, after watching this, I did like, I was looking something up um, for something I had to write. And I saw like an image of like the cover of the books that this is based on. And it's basically like a one for one of what the Scarecrow and the Tin Man look like. Oh. That, I, it's, that's the issue. Is I think it's, it's clearly way more trying to be based on the book and is way more like loyal to the book. But because it's billed as a sequel to a movie that didn't do that, it then looks out of place, I think. But what did you guys think of Princess Mombi? I love the concept of the heads. But like, I'll start there. Just the mm. kind of like rotation of the heads. And I mean, I didn't quite understand their ability. Like, because some of them, they remembered stuff and some of them, they don't remember stuff. Mm. And the kind of like fantasy element around that, I was a bit like, I feel like there's, there aren't any rules here. But like the actual character, like as an actress, I quite I thought she was scary enough. I think she's great, like when yeah. she gets when she gets going and gets real sinister. Mm. That that actually as a kid as well, that can be quite creepy watching this woman just be like and pull her head off. Mm. How does she and... snore without a head though? That annoyed me. Maybe it's all the heads in the room are just snoring. Well what also confused me is because again, I think it does that Wizard of Oz thing of like oh, all the people in real life, or there's like real life versions of what she then brings into a dream, if it's a dream and that sort of thing. And so I knew going in that the nurse at the beginning was played playing Princess Mombi. But then the first one you see is this young, like, woman. I was like, is that the same? But wow, they did a great job on her makeup <laughs> in like the real world, because she looks so different. And then I realized, oh, no, wait, there's like a different head. But yeah. That aspect's kind of good as well. Like again, it's done in the original, but the idea of like bringing stuff in, like the gnome king and the doctor being the same person and the nurse and yeah. Princess Mombi, and then Ozma as well. Mm. Yes. Tally's not on board with Ozma. Well, I don't know how I feel about child rulers. <laughs> as we established, if anyone listened to the last one, is Tally hates children, so uh, that's, that's where this but... is going. And also, what universe does she live in? Or is she both? Like, how does she rescue Dorothy from being tied on that bed? Because, well, that's then becomes a thing of, is it a dream or is it not a dream? Yeah. I kind of got the impression that she was stuck in a mirror in Oz, but could somehow just about appear briefly in the real world, and that's how she'd, like, freed Dorothy from the bed. Um, yeah. 
Maybe she's just yeah, a figment. She might also be just a figment of Dorothy's imagination in the way that she's like, I wish I could be in two places at once. And then she like appears in the mirror like, hey, want to help me through the mirror? And I'm like, they might both be Dorothy. So who let her out of the bed then? Her. Magic. Well, I think, I think it's a case of she is from Oz and is like the rightful ruler of Oz or whatever. But then she was trapped in the mirror in Oz meaning that she's in the real world. And then when she... Then she gets brought into Oz, and that's why she's in the mirror in the real world. Yeah, so we can... So Oz is real, basically. Well, again, in the book, Oz is real. It's a real place that they just fly to. Then in the movie, they're like, maybe it was a dream all along. And in this, I think they're doing the same thing of maybe it was a dream all along. And I think it leaves it purposely open-ended. But also, they don't say what happened to that girl in the real world. So, assumably, she just drowned. Yeah. Because everyone else, they wrap up. They're like, yeah, the doctor died. He burnt to death. They didn't say anything and, about uh, losing a patient, though. Because they did say the doctor was the only one they didn't say. Yeah. Hmm. Also, it's kind of convenient for the for them, really, wasn't it? That they were like, oh, crap, we've lost one, maybe two. You know, two little girls have run out of our care and drowned. And then the whole thing catches on fire. And they're like, yes, it was in the fire that they ran away and drowned it wasn't it wasn't our fault no i think that because that's the other thing is when they fall when dorothy and uh ozma i can't remember i think she doesn't have a name in the actual world when they fall in the river the nurse is like following them it's like no stop and like when they fall in it looks like she's gonna jump in so i thought it was gonna be a thing of like oh actually she's like she seems mean and like harsh and she's like no lay down but in reality she's willing to like risk herself to save these girls and she's actually nice and at the end she's just locked up and being led away by the police that i think they yeah. know that it's questionable because she gets arrested so yeah that was a bit weird actually thinking that. like that's the, also the bit where i'm like in that moment she seems like she's redeeming herself and at the end they're just like no she just got arrested and they don't really say why or anything like that like mm. yeah yeah that's weird actually how, do you know what how do you guys Oh. I was going to say, do you know what I loved in this film that we haven't brought up yet? The chicken. The chicken. Yeah. The chicken was Bel- the, my favourite bit of this film. Belinda, as much as I did like... Right? Yeah, I think so. Well, I, th- I thought it was Belinda, but now looking at... Because I've also got this page open just so I can double-check names. It says Belina. Oh, Belina? Belinda? Uh, no, yeah, it was Belina. So, yeah. I also thought it was Belinda. But... The chicken was great. I also feel really bad for the actual chicken that in the wide shots you can see Dorothy's carrying around that clearly is like... Get me out of here. Or the one that um, they like just clearly just chucked when it's supposed yeah, to be falling. Yeah. yeah. I do love it where Dorothy's like, oh, I wish I could fly out of here like you. And Chicken's like, yeah. And I'm like, chickens can't fly. They can like fall with style, to quote Buzz Lightyear. But... I think that's the point. Uh, maybe. But the chicken doesn't argue. The chicken's just like, oh, yeah. Well, it's funny you mention that, actually, because I watched the film with my brother, so shout out to George, and um, he was... <laughs> nice. Uh, and we were talking about the scene where they're, like, uh, on the sofa and they're flying, and you've got the chicken and stuff, and she... And they're talking to the sofa, and he reckons it would have been funnier if the sofa had asked the chicken for flying information as opposed to Jack, because the chickens can't fly. And then the thing crashes because yeah. he's been asking the chicken for flying lessons. Ah. As opposed to it just kind of like... Yeah. Actually, now you say yeah. that, 
Why can't the chicken fly in Oz? Because if a sofa with two leaves attached to it can fly, then a chicken should be able to fly. Because that's not how things work. And the whole of the sofa's been brought to life. Yeah, yeah the, the sofa was built with wings and is brought to life. Maybe. Chicken was built with wings. Yeah, but... Uh, uh, why can't this was a pointless point. Her arms a bit? <laughs> how do you feel, though, about the chicken replacing Toto? See, I like I... the fact that she could speak. Yeah. Hmm. I don't mind it. Again, it might be that thing that I don't particularly well remember the Wizard, the Wizard of Oz, so I'm not like, I think it's the same thing I had when we watched the the new Aladdin film, where everyone was like, oh, this is just a slightly worse adaptation of the original Aladdin. And me there being like, I watched the original Aladdin when I was like three years old, can't really remember it. It was like, oh, I'm really enjoying this because I'm not entirely sure what's going to happen next because I've forgotten. So I think I have kind of the advantage there of actually not beloving the old one and being like, oh, it's not the same. So I didn't mind. I quite like the chicken. Um... It does help that she yeah. can talk because it gives yeah. Dorothy someone to talk to. But it's more just, you know, I think Toto is one of the more famous characters that yeah. he's in at the start and then she's just like, go home, Toto, and they just leave it in the field and the aunt's like, yeah, he'll be fine. But you can't, she's just like, oh yeah, go home, Toto, and the aunt's like, yeah, he'll be fine here. And they're in the middle of a field and you can't see their house anymore. It's like, you're just going to leave your dog here and hope that it goes home. Out of all like, the eight farmhands they had searching for them at the end, though, to- we did get Toto Cam to finding the girl. Yeah, that is true. Toto had a part to play. A bigger part than the lion and the tin man, to be fair. And probably even the scarecrow. True. Well, no, it's just more the thing of like this kind of iconic character that they set up. And I I think clearly it's the thing of, like, oh, we'll leave Toto behind and he starts following. I think you are supposed to be like, oh, yeah, Toto's going to, like, mischievously following and I like, did think no, he was stay, Toto, stay in this empty field and hope you go home and then he isn't in the rest of it that I don't know if that's just like yeah. just a weird jarring thing yeah no I did think he was going to turn up something else in the film there's yeah like, there's also the weird subtext with like Uncle Henry where she's like his leg broke and he's like depressed or something and Mm. I couldn't really work out what they were trying to do with that character. Yeah. Where it starts off with he's all like sad and it's like we can't take a loan, don't send Dorothy away. And then she's like, Oh, he broke his leg, that's why he's not working. And she's like, No, his leg was fixed. And it cuts to him like just sitting there. And I can't tell what they were trying to do with that or why it's included anyway. Maybe it's something from the book that just doesn't Maybe, really I don't know. It's just film. And then he finds her at the end and then Auntie M and then it's like Auntie M, you left her there to get electroshock therapy. Like this is kind of on you. This is entirely yeah. your fault. I mean, to to be fair, I'll give her the benefit of the doubt of at the time. Like, obviously, now we look back at that like that's not good. But at the time, that might have been a I'm trying to help. I just don't really know how. And hey, she dude, yeah, like, she was impressed by when he turned the light on. So yeah, and like in yeah. the rest of the film, she does seem to be quite nice and is trying to help Dorothy with the sleeping thing. And she's mm. like happy when they find Dorothy again. And it is that thing of, I've got you some sandwiches, I'll be back in the morning. So she doesn't seem like, I don't think she's supposed to be this like nasty character. No, no, no. I, I also think that's a really interesting idea of this little girl uh, goes on this kind of epic adventure to this different land and makes all these friends. And this has to return home and kind of the effect that it has on her if she's still daydreaming and mm. isn't sleeping. And then like people who don't believe her sort of, 
trying to fix her or being like, you need to forget this and that sort of thing. I think that's kind of an interesting idea yeah. to explore as well. The idea of this kid having to deal with mm. normality it, and trying to hold on to yeah. stuff. But it did, I did actually, I really like that at the end where she's like, in, in like all of these films are like Wizard of Oz and Narnia, when they're just kind of at the end, they're like, well, we've got to go home now. And you're kind of there like, do you? You could just stay. But all right. Well, that's what the chicken does. Yeah, the but that's what I was like, going to say. No, is like, that. I'm not going to know. Dorothy, for absolutely no real reason, is like, well, I got to go home now. You know, this isn't where I belong. And the chicken's like, nah, fuck that, mate. I'm staying. It's much better here. Kansas sucks. Yeah. Like, I'm staying here, mate. I'm going to get slaughtered if I go back there. Like, you know. Um, yeah. Also, like, do you know what I didn't like in this film? But it is very Wizard of Oz. Because you're like, ah, oh, big evil rock monster. How are we going to survive? Uh, what's that? The egg is going to kill him. Ah, uh, right. Yeah, cool. Very, very convenient, that. Which I know is, you know, technically an improvement on the water will kill the Wicked Witch of the West, I guess. Um, but I was like, really? Is that is that your solution? I know they kind of read it up where they're cool. like, no chickens allowed. Ah. But yeah, it's just like the chicken happens to get scared and lay an egg. And then the dude eats the egg, and it's like I was gonna say, I don't, I don't know if I mind that because that's very like kind of Deus Ex Machina children's book. Mm. But the way, and I'm like, well, part of me is you know the idea of them hiding Belina in Jack Pumpkinhead. Yeah. I don't remember seeing them actually do it. I don't think they actively hide. They I all think land, just... and then the gnome yeah. king is just like, oh, where's the chicken? And the as an audience member, you're just like, yeah, where is the chicken? <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you do see her briefly in um, the pump. I think yeah, she you lands on the pumpkin's but... head, doesn't she? I'm not sure. No, she lands on the, like, separately, because his head is upside down. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, no. Is, why is everyone standing on their head? It's like, you can see Sky. You know they're not standing on their head, yeah. you idiot. But it's also that complete convenient thing of, like, the audience is aware that the Gnome King doesn't like chickens because they have that thing where everyone is like, Master, there's a chicken, and everyone's like, <gasps> a chicken? But, like, the actual characters don't know that. They just happen to have a chicken with them. Yeah. Which well, also does just turn up. Like, the no, chicken isn't no, with they Dorothy do. when... Because the, wheel, the wheelers say to Dorothy, chickens are banned. Yeah, but they don't go, chickens are banned. Because, do you happen to know that the gnome king is allergic to No, but I think you could put two or two... If they're like, chickens are banned, you can't have chickens, then you rock up to the gnome king and he's like, yo, no chickens in here, I don't like chickens. I'd put two or two together and be like, he probably doesn't really care for chickens. Yeah, yeah, like, but I would think maybe he's just, maybe, which is honestly kind of where I thought it was going to go and would have preferred it. As I thought maybe this big, evil, scary rock monster was going to be scared of chickens. And I was like, that could be quite amusing. Well, it's also, are chickens the only source of eggs? No. Because she gets that lunch pail tree, which is a cool <laughs> idea. But if she had an egg sandwich in there, then, like, why hasn't that been torn up? Why hasn't Gnome King left that alone? I know. Yeah, that, that... I don't know. It is. I mean, that is very traditional Wizard of Oz, but it was very much like, and convenient solution. Yeah. Well, again, I don't necessarily hate the the, the reasoning behind that, because it is very kids' book. I think the thing of, like, the chicken just happens to get in his head, again, which we don't see. They, don't, they aren't like, we'll, put, we'll hide you in here, because he doesn't like chickens. She's just in the head... In, at one point, and you just like, okay, I guess you got in. It, it's more the thing of like he holds him over it, and the egg like happens to roll yeah. in. It, it like, does, I don't mind 
you know, mm. the idea of he's he hates egg. It's just more like the kind of the stumbling way that they solve that. I'm like, oh, that could have been better. Yeah. But it, it does kind of remind me of that thing of like, oh, there's a book which, you know, explain it goes into more detail and stuff and in the book they're like hmm, let's hide the chicken in the pumpkin's head because then he won't know. Whereas in the film, it's like, yeah, the chicken's in the pumpkin's head because it is. Mm. Or maybe there was like a scene that... Because again, yeah. they, they land on the mountain and then they put his head on and then the next scene, the gnome comes just like, oh, I thought you had a chicken with you. Where is it? Mm. And then that's when they show that it's a Jack Pumpkinhead's head. Yeah, yeah. That I don't know if they cut a bit out of that. I don't know, but... Do you know I really what... enjoyed... Mm. Yeah. A, all of all of the sets, I think. Again, I think this film, the best parts of this film are just the production design of it, of like all the like puppets and the costumes. And I do think the acting as well, but I really enjoyed when they first land. A, the Desert of Despair is kind of cool, but then like seeing her old house and the yellow brick road torn up and yeah, them going into the stone statues was very Narnia-esque. Mm-hmm. And those girls had their heads cut off and I was thinking, are they just going to get turned back? Are they when they turn everyone back from stone? Are those girls just going to fall down because they have no heads and yeah, just going to be like six dead headless women? Six decapitated women just collapse on the floor. Yeah, there's also a thing of they're all turned to stone, and when they turn back out, it's like the Tin Man's mid chop and the lion's mid swing. There's just a woman reading a book, and it's like, was there like a fight going on, and a woman was just reading a book in the middle of it, and some girls were dancing? Yeah. Or were the Tin Man and the lion just swiping at someone else who's now left? Like, yeah. I like the reveal as well of the Gnome King doing it because the emeralds are he thinks the emeralds are his. Yeah. Yeah, it was valid. Mm. Well, uh, you know, like, he's got a point. Take it back. Yeah. You shouldn't steal, but technically they were stolen from me. He's very obsessed with stuff. Yeah. The Gnome King. Yeah. Trinkets and. Yeah. Does anyone else have any final points? Do you know what I did think at one point? Because I swear the Gnome King's voice kind of changes different stages but you know before you actually see him and you see that little face in the rock who's his like servant i guess mm. when they say something about they've escaped i think it's when they've escaped um the molly-headed woman and he's like molly. i'll deal with it myself he really sounds well i guess technically kylo ren really sounds like him but he really sounds like kylo ren in that bit i don't know if anyone else saw that but i was like that sounds ridiculously like whenever kylo ren's got his helmet on well, George Lucas, because the person who directed this, which is Walter Murch, I don't think he's directed anything else, um, but he's a quite a famous like editor and sound designer. He did like sound design for um, like The Godfather. I think he was an editor on The Godfather too. He, he's a very like prolific editor and particularly sound. And he's done a lot of like, re- if you read through his autobiography, he's done a lot of like huge advances. He like created a new editing technique and all of this stuff he he. there's a film that like he finally created a synchronized sound for like 106 years after it was released and that sort of thing he's very prolific this is just the only thing that he's directed and it, there was a point where he got fired i think because the studio were like oh this is going over budget and it's like you know darker than we wanted or whatever i don't really know mm-hmm. and george lucas and francis Ford, but george lucas did kind of like support him in discussions with the studio so maybe, you know, George uh, Lucas, when he was 
thinking about Star Wars was like oh, my old buddy. Thinking about how Star Wars is going to get taken from him and made by Disney instead. Yeah, I you know he he made this film that I really like. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, it's not really relevant to anything, but I was just like, he just sound really like Kylo Ren though. I also thought at the beginning when Dorothy's like, "Ah, oh, Belina, did you lay an egg?" She has to search. There isn't like a bit where they go to look where like the chickens are. She searches through an entire barn of straw. How many eggs do they lose? Where she's just—it's <laughs> not like, "Oh, have you laid an egg?" We'll go to the one spot you like stay in to lay an egg. She's like searching through this entire barn. How many eggs do you think go missing just because a chicken lays it in the corner and they don't get there in time? As someone this who is why your to... farm is failing. Yeah, and to be fair, as someone who used to own chickens, that does happen occasionally. Yeah, I was more just like, this is considering how many chickens you have. This is such a like, yeah, I know. terrible way of finding eggs. Yeah, it, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, convenient to be like, I need to search for this egg because I need to find the key. Yeah. Oh, that was key. Yeah. So do we want to go on to rating? Yeah, I was going to say, does, it, do we, does anyone have any like final points they just want to make? I'm um, good. I've made my Kylo Ren point. That's fair. No, I, yeah, I was just you know, generally pleased about like, the recurrence of certain like, characters. I think they used everyone very well. Like, it just doesn't need to be a ridiculously huge cast. Mm-hmm. Like, it just worked. Like, everyone who was there kind of kept coming back and kept kind of like doing slightly different things. I didn't feel like there was any like repetition, which I quite enjoyed. It did also feel like everyone kind of had a point. Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah. I also liked when TikTok, his like memory, or, like mind cog well down, he was just like, tired like, and then he just went <laughs> mental, like bouncing about, it was just like, tie his legs together. <laughs> As a concept, TikTok, I mean, regardless, I think he's everyone's favorite character, but like the concept of a wind up one army robot who, yeah. you know, does wind down, like everyone gets a bit tired, you know, put some work in. Yeah. Yeah. It was also a thing of like, you know, having the memory cog and then like the movement cog, and then there's another one as well, which I can't remember. Isn't that like. It's like uh, speech, thinking, thought, speech, movement, speech. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That like, I like the idea of like them winding down at different times and that sort of thing. Mm. Well, lads, enjoy him while you can. I just read a thing that said Donald Trump's banning TikTok. Eh, no, no. <sighs> no one. Not a little bit funny? No. The film well, was nominated for an Academy <laughs> Award for Best Visual Effects. Fair. I, I would say well-deserved. So, um, trying to move on past Alex's terrible comments. Uh, Alex. As you won't be invited to another episode. What's your <laughs> final... All right. What What would you give Return to Us? I would give it four. Out of Tally. I would also give it four. Oh, that's interesting. Because I was debating a three and a half, but I think I'm going to go for a four. So we're in agreement I... then. It's a four. Yes. I think it's really great. I think it's mm-hmm. kind of a fun fantasy, but also just like yeah. The acting and the production design and all that stuff just comes together really well. And yeah. it sucks that it wasn't as well received. Yeah, and I'd yeah. say, like, obviously it's aged, it's been a while, but it hasn't aged badly. Mm. Yeah, it's one mm. of those films that you can tell isn't a modern film, but doesn't look awful. I think also to a degree of that, like, the first part in, like, the real world being set in, like, 1899 
and then in Oz, you can kind of have this thing of like, ah, oh, it's kind of like a retro kind of fantasy aesthetic. I think like it kind of gets by a lot more than like modern day dramas or something. Mm. Sort of like kiddie fantasy element, I think. Hide some of those aging aspects a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's our review of Return to Oz, a four-star film. I said, didn't I say last week, when you were like, ah, oh, I feel like we've been rating films, I had a stroke just then, <laughs> rating films really low. Yeah. And I said that we'd have one that's really high. I was right. You were right. Um, yeah. So what's next? Who do, who's it's, doing the next film? I think Alex is next, it, right? It is, although I will say, Tally, are you joining us next week? I don't know, it depends if I'm, if I'm asked back. I know, we shall it depends see. if Callum's back in all honesty. That's uh, true. Wait, uh, or ask the fans. we kick Get Callum the fans out to we... vote. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we'll put a poll up. Yeah, yeah we'll, do, we'll do a poll. Should Talon we'll, we'll, we'll do a poll. What do I full name myself? Just... Um... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you did this. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll put... yeah. Well, Talon, so thank have you a for joining on, us. Have a look on the Facebook page what? for the poll. Yeah. Well, no, I was going to say, if we put a poll up, it's probably do on Instagram because that's the only thing we use. And then you're going to message yeah. like the, you always do. With... Yeah. The, the three people we have had messages from have been Tally, Tally's dad, and another account that Tally uses. So, um, yeah. It wasn't my dad. No, it was Alex. me on his account. Well, yes, I gathered Alex. that much. As a big, proper podcast, we have lots of messages. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, sorry. Yes, all from many, many different people. Jesus, Jesus. Anyway, what's your film? I was going to pick Hot Fuzz. Oh. Just because it's a bit different from what we've been doing recently. Is. Um, is that our first, like, straight comedy? Yes. Yes. I think we've done no, the, like, full on. I, oh, yeah. We did the, what that TV show you made us watch? We did the, the Goes Wrong show. Oh, yeah. We did that. But yeah. Uh, pick up first. That's on Netflix, right? It is on Netflix, indeed. There you go, if you want to watch along. Yeah. I, if you're in other countries, I don't know what's on, but you can use yeah. a VPN. This yeah. is where we need to get sponsored by a VPN so we yeah. can seamlessly transition. Uh, Lord or anyone no, else. Don't, don't say them. No, don't, Alex. Don't, don't call them out. Them. Well, but I'm not going to sponsor us. Well, no, oh, but okay. they're not going to sponsor us to be like, We'll pay you to talk about our product if we already talk about their product. That's true. But so, there are others. There are others out there. There are others. Um, As someone yeah. who works in TV and audio advertising, this would be a perfect mm. link. So, Tally, you can set us up with a sponsor, yeah? Not unless it's Demon Skins. Ah, okay. <laughs> Again, we, we, there are we're, other we're not products available. <laughs> Print firms. Yeah. Uh, anyway, like we said, we'll put a poll up. Yes. <laughs> but Do you want Tally or Callum? Make your choice. <laughs> Fight to the death. Put well. Follow us on social media. We're on Instagram at real underscore rewind, and then we're on Facebook and Twitter. But admittedly, we don't use it. We should. We will start. We Probably. will start. That is Alex's promise. That is Tally's promise from the last one, which you. Oh no, it wasn't on the last one. Tally said no, she'll set us up suggestion. with a thing. Yeah. I, yeah, I'll share what I use for... Follow us on Instagram <laughs> at yeah. the real underscore rewind. Yeah. Follow us on Facebook 
and Twitter. I think we're just real rewind on those. Um, and yeah, check, listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. So yeah. Uh, next week we'll do Hot Fuzz. Yeah. You'd think after 50 so episodes we'd have really smoothed out this entry in. Well, I kept trying to smooth that into it and then we kept diverting into I talking know. about... I was doing the Brands, social media plug, and then you were talking about, yeah, but this is what we'll do with social media. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway, for thank you guys. for listening, everyone. Yeah. Stay safe. See you soon. Eight for Bye.